Well, good morning, greetings, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. This is Apostle Luther Bell, and we're here with you again as we have begun a study in the first letter of John, a study in the first letter of John. Praise God. Uh, we began last week with the introduction to the first letter of John, the first epistle of John. Um, in your King James Bible, it will say the first epistle general of John. Last week, we explained that, how that this letter, there are a number of letters in the New Testament written by the apostles uh, of our Lord uh, that were general epistles, meaning that it was, it was not sent to a particular church, uh, but to a group of churches and when we say church, from the perspective of the Bible, from the perspective of the New Testament, we're not talking about church buildings. So, and so at the church in Ephesus, the church in Colossae, the church in uh, in general, as John is writing, is not to a building, but is to a people. When God looks at a city, a village, a nation so on and so forth, he does not see buildings where we gather and assemble to worship and to praise God and to be prepared for the fulfilling of the Great Commission. Those buildings that we call church are essentially places where we meet the church. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. The church doesn't become that building doesn't become the church until a believer, until a number of believers step into that space. And then that building, that area, that mass of land becomes a church. So you can, we can quote unquote have church anywhere where there's a gathering. Jesus put the number very low of just two or three. Praise God. So when John wrote this letter, he's writing to a, he's writing to us all. Uh, Peter, James, John, Jude, those are the general epistles. And they were written to all believers in all times, at all times. Praise God. So again, last week we began with our introduction. Uh, today we're going to start with the first letter first epistle general of john chapter one and praise god uh we're going to take our time and go through uh these uh, chapters and these verses and as the holy spirit gives us uh, uh revelation what to share what to expound upon we will do so uh we said last week and we'll say again that by the time the Apostle John, and the Apostle John is who wrote this, by the time he wrote this, John was an elder. He was an old man. And uh, I've been around a number of old people. The Lord has blessed me to see a, a, a nice age on myself. And when you get to a certain age, you say what you mean, and you mean what you say. John said what he meant in this letter. Praise God. Uh, this John uh, also wrote the book of Revelation, the three letters that bear his name, the book of Revelation and the gospel. 
and all the gospel, the three letters, and Revelation all have the same flavor, if I can use that word, the same flavor, um, in that that the writer has had a personal, deep, intimate experience with the personage of God, the Son, of God manifest in flesh. Praise God. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if you have your Bibles, and you should, uh, let's go to the Gospel of John, that is the Gospel of John, and listen to the intimacy of how he writes there in the Gospel of John and in the first chapter. And this is a very familiar scripture. I am going to turn and read it. I love uh, the reading of this. Um, praise God. First, uh, The first chapter of the Gospel of John Beginning at verse 1, it says, in the beginning the, was the Word. Now, John, of course, is, is, is borrowing, if I could say that, borrowing from uh, Moses, who wrote the first book of the Bible, Genesis, where Moses says that in the beginning God created the heaven and earth. John is, John is, John is identifying and he is associating that in the beginning... God who created the heaven and earth, when God created the heaven and earth, the word was there with him in the beginning. Praise God. In the beginning was the word. So, and, I, and notice how it says that in the beginning was. The, the beginning. When did the begin? When did the beginning begin? Well, whenever it began, uh, 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 whether it was 6,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, a million years ago, whenever the, be the beginning began, the word all already was. So the word who, and, 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 and if you read on for a few more, uh, sentences, a few more words here, you'll find out that the word was not only with God, but the word was God. Let, so let's read this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. When did the Word, the Word preceded the beginning, the Word who was with God preceded the beginning, God preceded the beginning, the Word was there with God, and guess what? The Word was God. Amen? So, so even though there is no date set. You cannot set the date, a date on the beginning, but when you get, if you could, if you could get to, if you could go back and get to the beginning, in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, you can go back before that. If you can go to Genesis chapter zero and stand there and be with there in the eternal uh, in that eternal realm, in that eternal space, in that wherever that was, God was already, God had already preceded that. And the word of God, the word was God, was already there with God. So God and the word showed up at the same time. They, it, they both proceeded and, and of course, Holy Spirit also, they, all of them, the eternal Godhead was always eternal and they eternally existed before the beginning was. And in, in other words, 
they are the one. The question always came up even about the Big Bang Theory. Uh, the Big Bang Theory, uh, basically the universe exploded and began to expand. And that was the, it was a bang, the Big Bang, a big explosion. Well, the question arises, who lit the match? Who lit the fuse for the bang, for the stick of dynamite to begin? Well, and that, that person who lit the match was God. But, but, uh, but uh, here's the thing about it. Even God was even before the match. God was, God was even before that. So uh, it, it, it's, uh, that's, the, that's the infinity of God. Amen. That you and I, with our finite minds, we cannot comprehend that mentally or, or psychologically. Uh, 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 an infinite being cannot be understood by the finite. That we have to take it by faith. I know that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so John here in his first letter, as he did in this first gospel, John is connecting verse one. I'm back in first John, the first epistle general of John. God is connecting. Um, John is connecting uh, that which was from the beginning. I'm in chapter one, verse one, that which was from the beginning. See, already this, the connection is made. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. In the beginning was the word, that which was from the beginning. Wow. I mean, that's powerful. And John, uh, all of the disciples did, but John had a very unique relationship with this individual so unique that John is the only one that writes of him in this way. Uh, there are four Gospels. There are three what is called synoptic Gospels. They are synonymous. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John comes from a very different perspective. Matthew reveals Jesus as the king of heaven. It, it speaks about the kingdom of heaven the king of the Jews. Mark reveals him as the son of man. Luke reveals him as the son, uh, 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 excuse me, the suffering servant is Mark. The son of man is Luke. John goes back beyond the veil, of course. Matthew has Jesus' lineage, his ancestry, his lineage uh, from Abraham, primarily uh, down through uh, the, the tribes of Israel to the kings of Israel. Luke goes back beyond that, back to Adam and his tracing G Jesus' root. Mark, because Mark is showing us Jesus as the suffering servant, Mark uh, does not record any lineage. John goes back even beyond that. He goes back to the beginning. And when he arrives there, the word is already there. That which was from the beginning. And there's a, and there's a common there. And when I was going to school, they told me that's the common means to pause. That which was from the beginning. John wants you to, as he has, he wants you, he wants me, he wants us to connect that which was from the beginning to 
in the beginning, God to in the beginning was the word. He wants us to connect this individual. Let's read on. That's what's, what's from the beginning, which we have heard. John said, we have heard. So that, that when God created the heaven and earth in the beginning, when God in the beginning was the word, that word, that beginning, that individual that was before the beginning and was in the beginning, as a matter of fact, lit the fuse for the beginning, if I can say it that way, that person, John said, which we have heard. Astonishing. Astonishing. The, 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 the revelation that this man had of this individual who he was associated with for some three and a half years, he and his brother James, and of course the rest of the uh, 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 disciples, the rest of the apostles. That which was from the beginning, he said, which we have heard. Hmm? Which we have heard. John is again connecting, he's connecting here in, here in his letter. He said, we heard. Well, you hear words, don't you? You don't necessarily at the first see words. Of course, if you're reading a book, you see them. But as you're reading, and, you know, Paul, Paul quantifies that by saying that faith comes by hearing. Paul did not say faith comes by reading, which is why I always tell people that when you're reading the Bible in your devotional time, in your private time, or as you're just reading the Bible, read it out loud enough for you to hear it. Why? Because faith come, comes by hearing. John, the, his, his, his experience with Christ, with Jesus, is, he says, that which from the beginning, he said, we heard, we have heard. And he goes on to say, which we have seen with our eyes. Of, of, amazing. I mean, simply amazing. The, the, the revelation that he has here of this. We not only heard him, but we have seen him. Um, the Gospel of John. Going back to the Gospel of John. The first chapter and verse 14. Listen to this. The Gospel of John. The first chapter and verse 14. Praise God. Amen. Verse 14 of that first chapter of John says, And the Word, that is God, huh? The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John said, not only did we hear him, but we saw him. He said his glory was manifest. We beheld his glory. We looked on him. As a matter of fact, I'm going back to the letter of John. He said, we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life astonishing. John, John got the revelation that 
the that the man Christ Jesus, as Paul says, that the man Christ Jesus who was standing in front of him, that he associated with his himself with for three and a half years, that he sat and ate with him before doing his after his resurrection. Hello, that that individual that was standing in front of him, he heard what he said. John said, we've seen with our eyes, we beheld him, we, we looked. He wasn't a phantom, he wasn't a spirit, he wasn't a ghost. He was really there. He said, and we looked on him. Now you would think that, well, John said that we saw him and then we looked on him. Well, of course you saw him and then looked on him. But the word look here is not, is, is the, the Greek word for the word look translates into the English language as the word investigate. John said, not only did we, not only this individual that was from the beginning, who we have heard, who we saw, and we investigated, we probed, we got out the CSI kit, we got fingerprints, we got DNA, we, 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 got, we got proof, evidence. And then he said, listen, this is the experience that I believe that we as believers in Jesus Christ should have. We should first hear the word, amen? Why? Because faith comes by hearing. When our faith, once our faith is activated by what we hear, we will see with our eyes. Amen? And I'm not talking necessarily about our physical eyes. The eyes, Paul says, the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. In other words, God, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you hear the word and accept Christ, Holy Spirit turns the, he pays the light bill and turns the lights on in the room of your soul, of your mind, and in your heart. And all of a sudden, the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. You hear, then you see. But then John says, let's take another step. Because you can, you can, you can hear the word. You can get a revelation of the word and every single, every single experience you have with God and his word is a revelation. Let me say it like this. It, it, it's, it's a revelation for you to hear the word of salvation and get saved. But then past that, your call to ministry, your understanding of the word, your understanding of the covenants, your understanding of the, of, of, of the, uh, 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 the unseen uh, forces of God, your understanding of the entire word of God, you hear it, then Holy Spirit enlightens your eyes, the eyes of your understanding. Knowledge is good, the Bible says. Wisdom is the principal thing, but in all thy getting, get understanding. So, the, uh, so, so that's how it works. You hear, the eyes of your understanding is, is enlightened, that you see into the things of God. But now God says, 
I want you to go a little deeper. I want you now to investigate. I want you to find out. I want you to take, I, I want you to, I want you not only to, you know, uh, uh, hear the engine. I not only want you to lift the hood and see the engine. I want you to start taking that engine apart. I want you to investigate it. I want you to get into my word. Huh? Job said, talking to the Lord, your word is more of a necessity to me than my food that I eat every day. Amen? I, I, I think as believers, we don't go deep enough. We, we hear the word. And Jesus told a parable about this. The parable of the sower. All of them heard the word. As a matter of fact, let's go back to the parable of the sower. I'm going in my Bible back to the, the um, well, I can go back to the gospel of Matthew or Mark. I'm going to the gospel of St. Mark in the fourth chapter. The gospel of St. Mark in the fourth chapter. Praise God. Um, in Mark chapter four, Jesus tells us the parable of the sower. Now, this parable and, and, and this parable in verse 13, Mark four, and he said to them, know you not this parable and how then will you know all parables? This parable is the parable of the kingdom of God. This is the parable that if you get an understanding, if you get a revelation, an understanding of this parable, he said, you'll know all the parables. Praise God. Now, let's read here, beginning at Mark chapter 4, verse 1. He says, And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered to him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the, sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, and in his teaching, Hearken, hear, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, he sow, as he sowed, some, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on stony ground, where it had no much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and, bec and because it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Verse 8, And others fell on good ground, and did yield fruit, that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and a hundredfold. And he said to them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. That was one of Jesus' favorite things to say. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, I, I, would, I would surmise that everybody out there that heard him speaking had ears on the side of the head. So he's not talking about those physical ears. John here in the first letter is not talking about we've seen and investigated and looked upon. He's not talking about physically. He's not talking about physically because they had eyes and they had ears. We have eyes and we have ears. He that have ears to hear. Notice, ears to hear, not he hearing ears, but ears to hear. He said, let him hear. Praise God. He's talking about the hearing of God's word and the seeing of God's word 
as revelation in your spirit. And when he was alone, they that were with him, with the twelve, asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, he said unto them, he said unto, let's take, let's take that pronoun them out and let's put said unto you. And as a matter of fact, let's just, let's just put, let's get personal with this. He said to Otha, he said to Carol, he said to you, unto you, Otha, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. He didn't say mysteries because the mystery of the kingdom of God is, is one thing. <laughs> unto you, unto you, unto you, unto you, it is given to know to have not the revelation knowledge, not book knowledge, not education. Huh? Come on. We're not talking about education. Huh? We're talking about revelation. Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, to them, to, to them boys out there, all these things are done in parables. Hmm? That seeing they may see, but not perceive. See, John said, hey, we, you could, the, the people out there will see these things, but they won't have a revelation of it. They will perceive. And hearing, they will hear, huh? And not understand. Perception comes from seeing. Spiritual perception comes from what you see in the spirit. What the spirit of God reveals to you. Hearing, understanding comes from hearing. Spiritual understanding, and therefore wisdom and knowledge, comes from what you hear. And they that hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. And again, verse 13, he said, if you don't know this parable, you won't know all. Now listen to this, verse 14. The sower soweth the word. Let's 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 just let let's settle this. Jesus, the sower, is still sowing the word. If you are, if you have been blessed to be under the instruction, under the teaching, under the sound of the voice of a man or woman of God who is anointed of God speaks the word full of Holy Spirit, that is still the sower sowing the word. The sower soweth the word. Verse 15. And they that are by the wayside, when the word is sown, when they have heard. That's verse 15. Mm -hmm. Verse 16. And these they likewise which have sown on stony ground, who when they have heard. Hmm? Verse 18, and these are they which have sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word. 
all four of those individuals and each and every person who hears the word falls into one of these four categories. We all hear. So the hearing is not the hearing in and of itself is not the issue. Some hear as they're in verse uh, 15. These are they which which are by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately. My Bible says immediately. It don't say Satan waits till you get out of church. It don't say Satan waits till you go home. It don't say Satan wait. you know, it's Sunday. He don't wait till Monday. He comes immediately, to some, he comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. In other words, they hear the word, but it, it, it has absolutely positively no effect in them in their life, in their circumstances, in their situation, because Satan comes immediately. In other words, they just flat out just deny. They just don't, they just don't get it. Now, that, per, that type of person can be assisted, be helped, be taught, but it's going to take the power of God to bring that person to that point. Let's go on. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. When they have heard, immediately receiveth with gladness. Okay, a little bit better. This person hears the word and they receive it with gladness. They rejoice. Oh man, that was good. That message was good. But look at, look at verse 17. And they have no root in themselves. Listen, if the word of God, Jesus likens the word to a seed. A seed that is sown into a particular ground. The ground is the heart. The word of God must latch on to something that is already in the person. I, I'm going to surmise that there are at least two things. There's, there's more. But there are at least two things that the word must latch on to. I'm, go, I'm going to say three things. One, it's got to latch on to faith. Faith has got to be there. And faith can be there from what that person, as they are growing up, what they have heard, you know, from their parents or from, you know, their pastors or so on, that faith is there. And when they hear the word, particularly of salvation, that word can latch on to that faith that is already in them. Another latch that the word can latch on to is the promise of God or the covenant of God, again, that this person may be aware of unbeknowingly. So it can latch onto that. And another latch I believe the word can latch into is the love of God. You know, there are some people that are not saved, but they, they, they display God uh, or, or, or should I say divine or spiritual qualities 
And those spiritual qualities, I believe, are instilled in them. Paul later on says that these people, there are, there are people that are appointed unto salvation. I believe all that's the root. Jesus says here, a lot of people hear the word or, or a person may hear the word. They receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. And so endure, but for a time. Their endurance, how do you know they have no root? Because they don't endure. They have no, my, my former pastor called it stickability. They don't have no stickability. They endure for a time. Goes on to say, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Persecution and affliction, temptation, test, and trials, those things we go through, the up, the, we, uh, go, we up, the, up and down, down in the valley and up the rough side of the mountain, all that stuff doesn't come because you are an American or because you're black or because you're white or because you're an African or because you're Jewish or because you're a man or because you're a woman. Those things come up in the life of the believer before the word's sake. Satan is trying to get to that word and invalidate. He's trying to invalidate the word that you heard. And if that word cannot latch on to faith, to the promise of God, to the word of God itself, to the, to the covenant of God, to the love of God, when that affliction and persecution arise, Satan has got, he's got a hook in you, man. And I'm telling you, he says immediately you get offended. Verse 18, these are they which are sown by among thorns, such as hear the word. And listen, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, entering in. The, what is the cares of this world? Simple. Very, very simple. Amen. Uh, let's let the Bible uh, interpret itself. The, what is the cares of the world? The cares of the world are the, the concerns, the worries. Of the world, you know, keeping up with the jump, the Smith and the Joneses, the deceitfulness of riches, huh? Riches, deceitful riches, and the lust of other things. He didn't say the love; he said the lust of other things. The, the you know, you Jesus said you're in the world, but you're not of the world. He says these cares, these worries, these concerns, this deceitfulness of riches. Man, if I just had enough money. You know, I, I heard a story about a, a man who was very wealthy, who built his house on top of a mountain or, or top of a hill, top of a mountain. And there was a poor man, beggar, who built his house down at the foot of the mountain. One day, the rich man walked out on his, on his balcony and he looked down and he saw the poor man's house. And he said, man, I wish I was like that guy. He doesn't have a care in the world. He's, he's, he's living belief his means, but I got to worry about somebody breaking in my house, stealing my, my, my material possessions and doing wrong with, with my money. I go into business and I got to worry about business deals, whether they're honest and everything. And man, I was wish I was like that guy down there. But at the same time, the guy 
that lived in, down in the valley, down at the bottom of the mountain, he walked out of his house and he looked up and he said, man, I wish I was like that guy up there, that rich guy. He's got all the money he can ever have. Ain't got a care in the world. I got to worry about my health. I got to worry about what I got to eat and so on and so forth. You see, both men thought the other was in a better position. The deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world, the lust of other things. Listen, Jesus said these things enter, enter in, it, not enter in, not entered in, entering. These are things that try enter into what? Into the heart, into the spirit, into where the word is. You know, when you hear the word, amen, when you hear the word, when you hear the gospel minister as you're hearing it now, when you hear the word, not only does it goes into your ears and into your mind, if it goes into your ears and to your mind only, that Satan could come and take that away immediately. It goes into your heart. But if the cares of this world, the seeking and the riches, the lust of other things, if they, if you allow them to enter into the heart, it will choke that word, and that word will not bear fruit. Verse 20 says, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and it bringeth forth. Now, now listen, they heard the word. They received it, and it brought forth fruit. Praise God. Now, I'm going back to the first letter of John as we're going to come to a close for today. Amen? Going back to 1 John and chapter 1. 1 John and chapter 1. Praise God. That I, I, I spent that time to say this. I'm going to read verse 1 again. That was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen in our eyes, which we looked upon, the, the looking upon is the investigating. God wants you to investigate him. John goes on to say, we heard, we see, we saw, we seen with our eyes. We investigated, he said, and we handled. Our hands have handled. I mean, you know, Man, I don't know if I could have stood that. If I if I knew by revelation, let me say this. The Lord just gave this to me. The, 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 the very first way to know God and his word and Holy Spirit and the spiritual things of God, the, the way to know that is first and foremost by revelation. Revelation will produce the relationship. Revelation will produce the relationship. John said, John said, we got, I got a revelation because I heard. I saw with my eyes. I investigated. And John said, man, I reached over and actually I put my hand on God. I don't know what that I don't know what the thought of that does to you, but I tell you, it makes my hair stand up on the on, on the top of my head, and I ain't got that much up there, but it makes my hair stand up to think that he handled God. 
In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He handled God. He had his hands on him. Amen? And what do you say? Our hands have handled of the Word of life. Let me say this in closing, and we're going to come here back here next week. John got the revelation that this individual who he heard, who he saw, who he probed, who he investigated, who he then handled was the very word of life. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, they do not. The eternal Godhead does not have life. They are life. We talked about that in our introduction. God is life in the absolute. There is no death in God. There is none. He is life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. That word life, the Greek word is zoe. Amen? The God kind of life. John said, we've handled of the word of zoe, the word of life. All life. All life. Spiritual, material, physical. All life. The life of Stars and planets, the life of microorganisms, the life of everything that you and I can discover, uncover, you know, whatever. All life emanates from God. He is the, the source, not a source, the source. And John said, we heard, we saw we investigated, we handled. Praise God. Well, we pray that we've said something today to encourage you, to encourage your faith, to set you on the right path. Praise God. The God that we serve, his son who came to die for us on the cross, and the spirit that, got, that, that returned on the day of Pentecost, they are eternal they are life. They, they all have come. Jesus came by, the Bible says there in the Gospel of John, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth, man, came by Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Well, again, we pray that we've said something today to encourage you to strengthen your faith. Amen. This is what our ministry is all about. Teach the word of God to every man, woman, boy, and girl anywhere on this planet. Praise God. And to encourage, to lift up, to edify. Amen. Speaking apostolically and prophetically. Praise God. And we pray that we accomplish that today for these some 40-odd minutes. Praise God. Well, we're going to run on now. We're going to ask you to come back next time. As we're going to start right there in first, the first letter of John, chapter 1 and verse 1. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to take our time. We're going to run through this. And we're going to see what the Spirit of God has to say to us. 
By no means, by no means am I saying that the things Holy Spirit gives me is the end all of all. God can reveal things to you out, out, of, out of the treasure that he has planted in you. Matthew 13, 52. He, you, you are the householder who has a treasure that is planted, that is sown into your spirit, planted in you, that out of that treasure, things new and old will come out of it. So my prayer for you, Father, in Jesus' name, my prayer for, for the people that will hear the sound of my voice is that you will, they will become that householder, that they, out, they are that householder, and that out of the treasure of the Word of God and the treasure of the Spirit of God that you have planted and sown in them, that you have birthed in them, that will come forth things both new and old. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. We love you. We pray for you. We love you. And we will see you next time.